So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Folker, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. The Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com, that's mvmt-rehab.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project podcast, and today I'm joined by Dr. Brian Wachwitz, dentist at Howard Dental Center. I know a couple people that went to see Dr. Brian, and I'm pretty sure they called me on their way back from seeing him uh, and telling me that I needed to get him on this show. Um, and here he is. So, Dr. Brian, thanks for taking time out of your Friday to talk with me. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. But before we dive in too much into Howard Dental Center and what you guys do and what sets you apart, can you just tell us a little bit more about your background and uh, who you are? Sure. Yeah. So, well, I'm a dentist, obviously. <laughs> uh, graduated from dental school about 15 years ago. Um, started practicing out pretty much, you know, the way that we were taught to and trained to in dental school. Uh, worked for a great small group practice in Madison. Loved it. But once we were um, starting to have kids, we decided to move back to Green Bay. So I had an opportunity to work in a small practice uh, under the ownership of someone else. So I kind of got to work uh, very much one-on-one with patients without the, the worries of ownership or having to worry too much about that part and really started to define how I wanted to practice. Um, so what that was and the foundation of how we practice and how I've always wanted to is one-to-one. So just meeting people where they're at, one person at a time making sure they feel listened to, that they feel understood as the absolute foundation and start of that relationship, and then get them involved in the, uh, the choices that affect their lives. So knowing that, I knew exactly what type of practice I wanted to purchase about nine years ago now. Okay. And we've just been slowly evolving to um, refining our vision and slowly evolving towards more and more of that one-to-one approach and health-centered uh, focus. Okay. And that one-to-one approach, we... Our, our business is basically set up the same way. Um, listen, what is it? Listen more or yeah, listen more, talk less Yeah. Um, with, the, with the patient first. And then I'll be honest, hearing that coming from a dental facility, that's not very common, I don't think, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know, I think yeah. just the way that we're trained, um, you know, we're trained to be the expert. I mean, after four additional years of school beyond college and maybe some residencies, you get pretty used to being the one in charge, the one with the knowledge, the one with the power. Um, but somehow that didn't sit right with me. You know, I just, from the very beginning, even before we really mo- moved in this more holistic direction, um, I realized that the most fulfilling experiences, the best experiences, uh, were certainly the ones where we shared power, you know, where I tried to get people involved, bring them to a level of awareness of where their health is. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's part of just what I believe from the very beginning. But, you know, I think that, uh, it is something that's that's unique uh, within dentistry, for sure. I mean, I 
can't remember the last time I saw like the actual dentist for more than two minutes, three minutes maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and that goes back to kind of having that conversation with the person and getting to know them. Um, but then they trust you a little bit more and you really start to develop some of those, I mean, lifelong trusting relationships, which is so important in healthcare. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's absolutely, I mean, it's absolutely foundational, you know, no matter how you practice beyond that. I think whether it's in more of a traditional model for dentistry or medicine or anything else, uh, the, a relationship up front, getting people involved in the choices is, is a game changer. I mean, they're going to get better results uh, as a result of that, uh, regardless of what kind of service we're offering. Um, but over time, what I realized is that the people that really want that time of attention are the people that want to be involved in their health. And so as much as it was my interest and my interest in my own health that drove our holistic shift, it was the interest of the people that were coming in, first of all, seeking that one-to-one approach, but then listening to them and understanding, wow, we really need to upgrade what we're doing because these people are ready to go. They want to know what they can do to improve their health. They want to know the connections between the mouth and the body. Um, so, you know, it was as much my interest as, as theirs, um, but it all kind of grew from first and focusing on on those relationships. And, um, you know, I'd say you can still practice holistically thinking the mouth body connection and still try to do that expert mode of practice. And you're not going to get the results. I mean, our patients get better. They heal. Um, we know that we see it. We, we track those results in certain ways. Um, and it's because of the relationship that we have that people make different choices. They don't all choose the same path, but we make sure that they're all making progress. So the relationship plus the knowledge of uh, what they can do and what we can do for them all married together produces results time and time again. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So when, when somebody comes to work with you initially, what does, what does that first visit look like or follow-up visits from there on? Sure. How's, how's that look? Yeah. So the first visit, you know, I always start off with some questions just to know exactly how to customize that visit. But we set aside 90 minutes. Um, for a complete exam. Now, if someone has a more pressing concern, uh, we'll get them in sooner. Right now, we're booking out about three months for those complete exams. So <laughs> if there's a, a more urgent need or pressing question, we'll make every effort to see them for a shorter visit and address that. Usually, we can do that within a week or two. But our complete exam, um, I start out just kind of very open-ended questions. How can I best help you and see where they go with that? You know, and, and just listen. Um, and if there isn't a whole lot being said, the questions that I'd turn to next where would be, uh, you know, really getting future, future focused. I think a lot of the people that come to see us have autoimmune issues mm. or underlying uh, inflammatory uh, struggles. Um, and so a lot of them kind of know what they want. They have a vision of where they want to go. So that's really helpful because if I know where they want to go, then I'll spend the rest of the visit helping them understand where they are right now. Because the first thing we'll do is take photographs and look at the mouth together and then just kind of determine what pieces do we need to talk about so that they can get to that vision. Um, so really, it's, it's very customized from there. We don't always have the same conversation or focus on the same elements. And if I tried to spill out everything I possibly could <laughs> about what we're seeing, um, I'd overwhelm people. So we have to figure out what pieces are worthy of worth discussion. What's going to give us the the initial gains, the lowest hanging fruit that we can start with, knowing that this is an ongoing relationship, an ongoing conversation, so we can really help get them there. So that first visit, 
All I can tell you for sure is we reserve 90 minutes. We're going to talk about the future. <laughs> we're going to help people create a picture of where things are right now so that they end that visit feeling empowered mm-hmm. uh, to make decisions uh, that are going to get them moving forward with their, their oral health and uncovering the, the potential connections to their overall health. That's awesome. I think having that buy-in right away from the start and setting out like, hey, this is where you are, but this is where we're going to start moving towards, like laying out, like we're at A right now, but this is how we're going to get to Z. People need to know like that one, that they can get, they can reach that end goal. But secondly, that you're there to help walk them through every step of it. And there's an, a plan and they understand that plan. I think, I, I think that's irreplaceable. Yeah. Yeah, and a plan has to have flexibility, you know? So if we have a clear vision of where we want to go, we don't necessarily have to have every detail laid mm-hmm. out. In fact, that might be overwhelming at the, you know, in the, the initial few visits or yeah. whatever frame of time. Um, sometimes it's just determining the next step, renewing the vision when they come back for their cleanings and other uh, appointments, and then, you know, just kind of treating it like an ongoing conversation where we're going to focus on this one step and then, We'll focus on the next after we get through through that. Yeah. Um, it also allows us the opportunity to evaluate the results that they get from each step we take. So, you know, if we determine this is the next step, let's see how your your mouth responds. Let's see what kind of results you're getting and what you're feeling in your mouth, but also with your body overall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of that leads to just a very comfortable approach to it and not over-treating mm-hmm. either. You know, we always want to try to do the least amount of dentistry that will produce the result that the person is looking for. Hmm. I like that. I like that. And then with your plans, I'm assuming that the patients have a say in it and they take an active approach to towards it, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's foundational. So that conversation, really understanding, you know, so that's why it's difficult in a forum like this um, just to say, well, this is what we do. This right. is our approach. These are the services we offer. Because mm-hmm. unless I have a person in front of me with their own needs and their own vision for their future, it's very hard for me to say exactly what we do for them. So mm-hmm. it really does start with that initial interview as the first step of that patient visit. Okay. That's, it, it, that's so important, that individualized approach specific to the person. That's, I think that's lost in a lot of settings um this day and age and you know it's it's nice to have that option um it's how it should be in my opinion um yeah um so you you brought up something that i wanted to to um circle back around to and that's autoimmune stuff um Mm -hmm. and oral health and everything how does that tie together because i know a lot of people think that autoimmune disease is not necessarily related to the mouth or that you know they, they don't really attribute the mouth as being a, a problem I don't, i'm not sh- i don't think i could be wrong but um so how does that play a role like if if you have people that come in with autoimmune um issues and in that first evaluate or first visit you kind of uncover some of that stuff and talk through all of that stuff how does how do you attack something like that i yeah. think that's really interesting yeah well, again, you know, one-to-one, what's, first of all, gauging, what is their understanding? Sometimes they'll come in, I read something on the internet about my silver fillings, and I want yeah. to get them out. <laughs> yeah. And so kind of blowing that conversation up to, what's the bigger picture that you're looking for? What's the result that you're actually trying to achieve to determine, do we need to talk about more than just that, or is that maybe the focus? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So really, when it comes to individuals that come in with autoimmune issues, we just need to treat everything with a little bit more scrutiny. So some person may have a, you know, a mouthful of a lifetime of dentistry and with no regard to what materials were placed or what procedures were done, um, potential source of infection, inflammation, and they feel fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to autoimmune issues, we need to look at each of those elements in turn with more scrutiny. So some of those elements would be, well, basically any oral source of inflammation. You know, if we're, okay. if we're trying to simplify the conversation, we always start with inflammation. Mm-hmm. And really there's two sources. One would be materials and what, another would be infections. So we always begin with a gum tissue exam. It's the easiest source or site of inflammation to target. Um, what I can tell you for sure is that people that come in and they have inflammation overall under control, like gut inflammation, or they've taken steps there, automatically, regardless of their home care or hygiene, dental hygiene habits, they're going to have less inflammation and bleeding in their gums. But if we can start there as a foundation, it's both a very easy thing to target, especially just through someone's own actions, as well as it's an easy exam to do. We begin with that as a foundation, we can take one layer away of inflammation. Then usually our conversation can move to materials. So again, you know, there's controversy out there as far as what materials uh, are used and is it healthy for people across the board. The biggest one is silver mercury amalgam. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can tell you is that you walk into any dental office right now in Green Bay, especially if it's owned by a local dentist, not one of the big corporations, mm-hmm. it's unlikely that you're going to get a silver mercury filling. You know, we're not using them as much across the board. Most people are work, we're, uh, working their way away from uh, metals in general altogether. So that's, that's good news. Um, but even our own, the FDA recently released, released a statement saying that the use of this material is no longer appropriate for at-risk individuals like uh, children and women that are pregnant or could become mm-hmm. pregnant. So, you know, the vast majority of the population fell yeah. under the umbrella of what they, the guidance they provided. Um, so that's really one of the things that we look at, you know, and I can't look in someone's mouth and say if these fillings are a problem uh, for their overall health. Generally, because they're used less, a lot of them have been in place for decades. And we see decay, we see cracks, we see wear and tear and breakdown around them anyway. So it's not just simply from what's the systemic risk that we're making those sorts of decisions. Um, but what I can tell you is that we have removed them uh, and seen improvements in inflammatory symptoms. I just can never really say for sure, yeah, this is going, this is going to be the key. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a difficult sort of diagnosis to make, um, but there certainly is evidence to support it. And we certainly do see results because of it for many people as an important piece of, um, of their healing. Um, the other layer of metals is the other types of metals that we use, like for crowns, that sort of thing, particularly for individuals with autoimmune issues, those can also be a problem. Hmm. So any sort of metal in the mouth can launch a sensitivity. Sometimes we'll see signs where the gum tissue is just a little bit inflamed around just that one crown that has some metal. Um, but it, there again, I mean, I can cite examples in our practice where we've removed a metal crown or metal bridge and people have experienced substantial uh, improvement in symptoms hmm. and then infections so we talked about gum infections but then the deeper levels of infection I guess exist around the roots of teeth uh, teeth that are, that are abscessed um, previous root canals that have become reinfected or even residual pockets of infection that have been left behind from uh, teeth that we removed those are all sites that we can uh, observe and check out both clinically but also 
with a certain type of imaging that we have, uh, 3D uh, cone beam CT scan. Um, and so that's a really useful tool in uncovering other sources of infection. So those are kind of the biggest ones that we talk about initially. Sometimes we don't go into depth with all of that right away, but mm-hmm. materials and infections. And then another important component that usually comes a little bit later in the conversation is, is airway. So how we're breathing, sleeping, mm. um, all of that is heavily linked to uh, the form of the mouth, the bite, the muscles, the joint. That whole chewing system, including the airway, is an important part of, of overall health. Okay, man, that's a ton of information right there. <laughs> I know, I don't feel like it was too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good stuff. I'm just trying to think about where I want to go next. <laughs> that, was, that was great information. Um, so, I, I guess it, once you... Oh, man, there's so many things I want to ask. Once... The, <laughs> So if somebody comes in with an autoimmune disease and you kind of think that um, it, it could be from a, a material or something that they had, something that they had done, I don't know, years ago or something put in or removed or even the root canal, how does that work to, re- to reverse that then to just remove them or a root canal? I don't really even, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. How does that work? Yeah. Well, that always. Be, I mean, everybody, I think, saw the root cause on Netflix. Maybe, sure. maybe, maybe not. But I think that scared some people. So I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And there, there again, you know, that's kind of a topic where we just have to sit down one to one. Because you know, what if you have five root canal treated teeth and yeah. they're not causing any problems? You know, you certainly don't want to just assume that that's right. the linchpin that's going. That you know, the biggest contributor, I guess, would be a better way to phrase it, uh, to an underlying autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. Um, because removal of five teeth is a pretty big ordeal. So we certainly want to have a conversation about what is the level of symptoms? What are the type of symptoms? Um, you know, doing a 3D scan to look around them and gauge the health. Uh, there's even some diagnosis that we can do in other ways, like in, in the instance of infections with uh, just some localized injections of anesthetic uh, to see if we can um, observe any improvement even just over a short time frame uh, in systemic health or systemic symptoms um, from that local application of anesthetic. So there's a lot of different ways. Again, I could go <laughs> ramble on and on and on about the hypotheticals and the scenarios, but that's where it's just this approach just marries so well with a one-to-one approach because it all, all has to fit within the context of that person. And their story and what they're looking for and what they want so i can tell you people make decisions all across the board there's no you know one right way mm-hmm. um and that may sound a little bit aloof or without <laughs> direction but it's you know it's really just each person determining their own direction and we just want to make sure they feel confident with the choices they're making as well that's a big part of it yeah and i mean that's that's just how it again how it should be it should be um people kind of taking ownership of their own health and find what works best for them and sticking to it i think Mm -hmm. that's that's how it how it is it works out best too when they're engaged in their own health um so when you are you you mentioned talking with like sleep and breathing and all of that too um so you guys talk about all that with the people huh i mean that kind of encompasses that whole holistic approach right well, and it depends, again, it depends, just with that initial conversation, we figure yeah. out what elements we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, we can really break it into four. One would be whole body health, 
And really, the other three we're going to be talking about because they're dental related. Mm -hmm. um, but everything we're going to connect back to that. That's so awesome. the key at the whole body level that we talk about, again, is inflammation. When we drop into the foundation of the mouth, the gums and the bone, we focus on infections. When we talk about teeth, it's cavities, sure, because that's bacteria that can get into deeper layers and cause infection. But then we're also talking about materials. And then that bite joint muscle airway uh, piece, uh, very, very different from person to person. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a real hard one to give, you know, just a blanket statement on. Yeah. Um, and that's why we don't spend a lot of time with that unless that's what the person came in for mm -hmm. um, right off the bat. Um, because we just don't, don't want to overwhelm people with in, information. Yeah. But, you know, just as a foundational piece, um, well, nasal breathing is very important. You know, it's mm -hmm. a foundational piece of health. And I'm being careful here because I could start just talking about that element and how it affects dental health. Go well, ahead. I, if yeah. you want to, I'm actually really interested in that. How I'd be really curious to hear that. Sure, you can edit it down later. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you know, one of the big things that we see as far as um, well, from you could pick any element of dental health, whether it's gum inflammation, whether it's decay, uh, tooth wear, and all is linked to having good sleep and good uh, nasal breathing. Hmm. When we breathe through our nose, we're getting a much better quality air. Uh, we're triggering the parasympathetic nervous system, which just calms everything down. When we breathe through our mouth, we don't get the same sort of thing. The other thing is, is that as we breathe through our mouth, we dry it out, which makes it more acidic. And an acidic environment is ripe for producing decay. So the connections are just, there's so many. But yeah. if I could just boil it down to one thing that maybe people could take away from this mm -hmm. right now, it's how important nasal breathing is during the day, at nighttime. So um, I know you'll ask me about a book at the very end, but I'll mention <laughs> that now because I have a different one to mention later. Um, but it's called uh, Breath. But, you know, I didn't even look up the name uh, for the author. But it's a really good book um, that kind of goes through the importance of breathing, but there's some dental com components um, hmm. that are included in that book and some of the things that we think about. Yeah, it's Breath by James Nestor. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. So the bite, joint, muscle, airway, mm -hmm. kind of the chewing system, we could generically call it. It's a big topic. Um, but as far as what can, people can do on their own uh, would be if they notice themselves clenching, if they notice they're holding stress there, if they notice they're breathing through their mouth, try to rest, teeth apart, lips together, tongue resting gently against the roof of the mouth and breathing through the nose. Hmm. If there's nasal congestion, then there's ways to clear that up and clean it up. But the more that they can kind of move towards that nasal breathing, that's really a foundational piece. Mm -hmm. And there's many, many different ways that that can be helped uh, from a dental standpoint yeah. and with the help of a, a trained dentist. Huh. That's really interesting. I, I read a lot about breath work. I mean, especially what we do, we, we uh, have people focus on their breathing, especially our back pain patients, just because diaphragm where it sits on the the low back um and all of that and just i mean same kind of reasoning it, it just calms the body down when you breathe a little bit better and it never really registered in my mind that it would apply to your oral health too that's yeah that's really interesting i mean i know mouth breathing is not ideal yeah but i never really thought about it from that standpoint yeah 
Yeah, there's just really a lot of interplay between the vagus nerve and the trigeminal nerve that goes to the teeth and the jaws and all these structures we're talking about. So just the body's whole way of dealing with stress is heavily tied into um, some of these dental things. Hmm. That's really interesting. That's, that's good stuff. Um, there was something else that I wanted to ask, but I don't remember it right now. <laughs> uh, so some preventable preventative like steps that people can take in general like what is a i do have a question i never know like what's a good what's a good color for your gums and if there is like some swelling or in them is there something that can be done i mean i know people like if you just kind of swish your tongue around your gums you can kind of feel if there's abnormality sitting up there but if they there is Mm -hmm. some inflammation is there like things that people can try yeah yeah well as far as self-assessment um Gum tissue should look nice and healthy and pink, but from person to person, it can be thick, it can be thin. You know, we can say that, oh, it should have kind of an orange peel appearance, but if it's a very thin type of gum tissue, just genetically, it may not have that. So color is a a little bit difficult to try to teach people to evaluate, but certainly if you look from one tooth to the next and you see a difference where it's red and swollen, you know, that's an area where there's inflammation. One simple test that we do at, um, at our office is we take a little brush uh, that fits in between the teeth and there's different types that you can use uh, soft pick is one of them and if you just run that through all the flossing areas from the cheek side through the flossing area just real gently not trying to create bleeding you're just trying to uncover it and you just <laughs> gently run it through each flossing area three or four times all the way around the mouth and then look in the mirror and see and look in between kind of turning your head as you go to see uh, and counting up the bleeding spots zero to two across the whole mouth is a good level of inflammation it certainly is feasible to shoot for zero we see it all the time many times when we do this check and most of the time when we do this check when people come in for their cleanings it's zero Hmm. but anything in that zero to two range right off the bat is really good three to five and that's kind of like you know a little bit more inflammation anything six sites or more that's a hefty load of inflammation Hmm. that's certainly something where you know there may be some underlying inflammation in the body it may be a plaque issue or, or uh, you know, a bacterial issue. So those are things that we can help assess with at that level. Okay. That's, that's good. I remembered my question. This is something yeah. that <laughs> me and a couple of my buddies used to do or still do from time to time. Are you familiar with oil pulling? Sure. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little? Like, is that beneficial? Yeah. Is that a good thing to do? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, there's, there's real no downside to it. Mm-hmm. Um, although there may not be a lot of studies out there specifically on oil pulling mm-hmm. um, that I'm familiar with. It's been a little while since I've done a search, so I need to again. Because <laughs> the last time that I looked, which may be a couple of years ago now, I did find some studies that mentioned the benefits of coconut oil yeah. as just like an oral hygiene aid. So mm-hmm. putting it on one of those soft picks, working in between the teeth, it's, it's anti-inflammatory, it's antibacterial, and these studies you know, commented on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can tell you more anecdotally is with oil pulling, um, some of my peers and mentors within biological dentistry have sent their samples into a lab and you'd be shocked to hear what they found. Yeah. Um, but I think it makes sense. You know, it does, it's going to draw things up because mm-hmm. where does our body store heavy metals and toxins and those sorts of things and fat tissue? Mm-hmm. Coconut being a fat, coconut oil being a fat, it will pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's a lot that passes through the mouth. There's a lot of exchange between the mouth and the body. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can tell you just from an oral hygiene standpoint is that 
we haven't really, um, I guess, you know, we, we continuously, when people come in, we, we monitor and track uh, plaque levels, bleeding levels. So there's certain things that we've drawn some correlations to, like certain brushing habits or tools that way. Mm-hmm. We haven't really done any sort of specific observations when people have implemented oil pulling. Okay. But there's definitely no downside to it. I know there's bad stuff in the oil when you spit it out, because <laughs> you know, what I hear from the peers, and um, you yeah, know, I think that. It. <laughs> yeah, don't swallow it. That's the biggest. Then it can become harmful, and don't spit it on your flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you should spit it in the garbage can. <laughs> yep, yep. Get rid of it safely. Um, mm-hmm. No, but I don't think that there's any downside to it. You know, I think there's only upside. Just haven't been able to. I don't have any definitive. Um, yeah information or evidence of that yet okay yeah no that's a question and i always encourage it i think it's uh you know a great thing to add into a regimen yeah is that and is that something you would recommend like every day once once a day or a few times a week or yeah again there's not really any i don't have any hard data to really support a you know a general statement but Mm -hmm. i mean it takes time too you know a lot of those protocols are it does. My jaw is super sore afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I, get yeah. Tired, I get tired of it. I'm like, man, it's right. been 20 minutes. I'm just swishing around oil. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I don't really see any downside to it. Uh, you don't want to overstress the jaw either. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, um, an everyday sort of thing, that would be ambitious. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think there certainly could be some benefit for doing something like that once a week. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I've heard I've heard of people throwing in like essential oils into some of their coconut oil. Like they'll take little small containers and make like a tablespoon of coconut oil, mix it with some uh, essential oils, and then do it. Do the whole. Yeah. Yeah. That make a really good natural toothpaste. uh, Putting a little baking soda in with it as well, just for the acid neutralization. but no, essential oils have been used forever for dental hygiene. Instead, in, in case, you know, well, let's see, some of our um, even mainstream rinses incorporate them, maybe not as, uh, you know, pure and healthy as <laughs> essential oils that, that a lot of people use. But, yeah. you know, we've known that for a long time. Interesting. Um, that, uh, that essential oils are antibacterial. Hmm. Yeah, so, so there's certainly benefits there. With, with the essential oils, you can't, like, just take them and put them in your mouth, though, right? It's got to kind of be mixed with almost like a, a medium. Yeah, exactly. And coconut oil is great. You know, okay. so if you take a tablespoon of coconut oil, a few drops of an essential oil, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, kind of mix it together, like I said, with a little bit of baking soda. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the ratios. We have it on one of our handouts. <laughs> but it makes a really good natural toothpaste. And whether you use that to brush your teeth or just put it on like a interdental yeah. brush that like we were talking before. And, just use that to treat inflammation that you find in between your gums. It can be really effective. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, uh, I used to do that pretty consistently, but like you said, I, it takes a long time and I got pretty sore. Yeah. <laughs> like after being consistent with that, I was like, it's got to get better. And then it was like, I'm walking around with this oil for 20 minutes. Like what, <laughs> what can I, can I be done yet? <laughs> right. Yeah. Then, no, it's, uh, yeah. Maybe not an everyday habit, but yeah. Yeah, and then for anybody listening, do not swallow that sucker. Spit it out. <laughs> exactly. That's Don't want all those toxins. Aside from that point, there's nothing but upside for it. But yeah. got to spit it out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, cool. Is there anything else you want us to know about yourself, Howard Dental, anything like that? About what you Good guys do? A lot. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah, I thought we might. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I think the important thing, just to go back, because I know we talked a lot about details and, and certain information on that, and it's easy for me just to get on a roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're, we're sharing a lot of information today, but that's the biggest thing. And I don't, I don't ever want to violate that when someone comes in to see me. I never want to put too much information in their hands or into their minds at once. We want it to be a very comfortable experience. What we share, what we look at, what we talk about, all guided by what is that big picture vision and what are they ready for right now? Is it a single step or is it, I want the whole plan? You know, it, it just depends upon the person. So there's a lot of, lot of stuff that we can assess, a lot of stuff we can talk about when it comes to this oral systemic link. Uh, we just want to make sure that we have those conversations in the right sequence at the right time for that person. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's awesome what you're doing. That one-to-one approach, again, invaluable. And especially when it comes to I mean, your health, your oral health plays such a big role in making it specific to each individual person. I, like I said, I had never heard of a dental facility like that um, until I got the phone call that day. And uh, I knew they were out there. I just didn't know where. And then, I mean, to have you so close, like I said, you're booked out, what, three months for that 90 minute? So we should call soon to get that uh, yeah. scheduled, huh? <laughs> yeah, that would be a good idea. <laughs> All right. No, that's, that's a good thing. It, it sounds like you guys are doing great work for a lot of people. Um, so if you don't have anything else, we'll get into those questions that you, I know, are probably prepped for. <laughs> uh, what's one of your favorite health-related books? I know you gave us one. Um, do you got another one? Yeah, so staying on topic, I think a really good, um, fairly concise book for some of the things that we've talked about, especially materials and infections, uh, would be It's All in Your Mouth by Dominic Nischwitz. Mm. He's a German dentist who uh, studied and worked at the Swiss BioHealth Clinic, which is one of the, the, the best biological dental clinics in, in the world and probably the main group that I study with right now. Um, and it's just a very good book that goes into a lot more detail and some good illustrations on some of the topics we covered today. Okay, awesome. I have to check that one out. Um, what's your favorite health-related activity to do in Green Bay? I think my favorite health-related activity is just getting out and meeting people that are doing what you and I do. You know, just uh, there's so many resources. I don't think people really realize yes. how much this movement is growing, mm-hmm. uh, how many people there are that have something to offer for your overall health in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And so I just love um, getting out, meeting people, experiencing their services. And, uh, you know, I think just, yeah, looking around. Mm-hmm. I'm always surprised every time I look uh, mm-hmm. how new new businesses and, and new offerings are popping up, and it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah, they. I feel like they're just popping up all the time. Yeah, and and there are a ton of resources out there for people with with people that might have had a bad experience at one point in their life, but there is a lot of people out there that are trying to earn back that trust in the healthcare field, especially. Most I think definitely. I think there is a big change. Or a big shift happening. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with that. Awesome. And last one, what's one piece of advice that you would give to people to take back control of their health, which is really uh, giving them back control of their life? Yeah, I think, you know, it kind of goes back to a little bit of what we were talking about before. Just, I think just having a clear picture mm-hmm. of, of what you want your health to be, what you want your life to be. Those are the people that get results in our office, no matter how fast or how slow we pursue that path. Um, 
and it can't be anyone else's. You know, don't just read a book and follow someone else's yeah. guidance. <laughs> it's got to be authentic. And uh, if you have that clear picture and you can get excited about it and, you know, visualize and vision as if it already exists, mm-hmm. uh, focus on that and the steps will, will come, come about, you know, especially, mm-hmm. like we said, in a community like ours, there's a lot of pieces that can come into your life, but just keeping focused on, on what that vision is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great. Um, so if people wanted to contact you or um, follow you guys, do you, do you have a website, email, like website, email, uh, are you on any social media pages or anything like that? Yeah. Um, our social media hasn't been real active as we've been quite busy, but yeah. <laughs> we are on Facebook. Okay. Uh, HowardDentalCenter.com is our website and you can certainly link our Facebook page from there. Our phone number is 920-434. Four one six five, and uh, email. Um, either fill out the contact form on our website. That's always a good way. Otherwise, Howard Dental Center at Gmail dot com. Perfect. Awesome, Doctor Brian. Thank you for coming on. I think we we covered quite a bit, and this was very informative. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Trevor. I really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. And as always, guys, thanks for listening to the Green Bay Health Project podcast, and we will see you next time. If you would like more information about one of our guests or us at Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com. 